Hello and welcome to Second Breakfast, as I'm pretty sure this is our third episode. Yep. You know, sometimes we just, we just record so much that sometimes we have to go back and oh my God, figure out where we're at and what we're doing. <laughs> we're outlining, we're trying to keep track of all this stuff. We got segment after segment. It's yeah. great, though. It's yeah, great. our problem is we have too much content. It's like a buffet second breakfast. It really is, you know? Yeah. So. And today, uh, we, got a, we got a pretty crazy show for you today. Yeah, this is going to be a little crazy. This might, I mean, this might be kind of long. Might be kind of long, but also hopefully, we don't normally, we don't normally go this route. But it this kinda, route, like, but it's it's so hot on the stove. It's so hot on the stove that we kind of got to. The whole point of this podcast over. is we're the whole point of this podcast is we're trying to talk about what's big, what's going on in the world, mostly media, you know, books, TV, right? And part of TV is the news. So if there's something huge in the news, we might comment on it. Yeah, we're gonna make a little comment on it because it's I just. There's so many things on social media blowing up about this, and yeah. it's just everywhere. Yeah, that and I kind of hate posting things on Facebook, because then it just turns into giant rants. So, you know, this is just a lot easier. You're right. And I can get all my thoughts out. Okay. So what are we talking about today, Ez? We're talking about... Charlottesville. We're talking about. We're going to talk about Charlottesville. We're going to talk about... Oh, we're also going to talk about... Um, Mayweather McGregor. That's right. We're our predictions, right? Daniel Craig's back as James Bond. Uh, that's right, yep. And um, an epic, amazing Game of Thrones episode, which yeah. we will get to. Well, yeah, we've got to, yeah. 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 It's we'll huge. get to that. Okay. But first, on a serious note, as... Yeah, serious note. Charlottesville. Yeah, I know. What are your thoughts? It's sad. That's what it is. It's actually just really sad because, you know, the bottom line is you don't want to see anybody get hurt. doesn't matter where it is. It's sad that we have that much... You know, I, I, I don't know. It, it, things, when things turn violent, you know what I'm saying? It's just like you can have your opinions on this side or that side, but I just don't know why we have to be violent about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it just got to that point, and that's why I say, like, it's boiling over on the stove. It's just it's unbelievable, you know? So, and I don't know. I feel like in this country for the past couple of years, there's been some – some tense situations in, in, in different cities and stuff, but this is just sort of, this has really got a lot of people's attention. So, yeah, I um, feel like the, it's my initial, I feel take. like go back. Let's go back in time a bit. All right. For me, you know, I was younger, but I feel like around nine, it was around 1998 as I think when about Fox news was created. Okay. For me, I remember watching it the first time and it was right when the, the Clinton, you know, Monica Lewinsky scandal was going on. Right. Okay. And so with the rise that we've had in technology, making things more acceptable, more available, mm-hmm. the availability of news, the internet, more people's opinions come up. I th- feel like we went, we went from this time where the, then that was really the first time I had seen media that was aimed to target people. Not just like, Oh, you're watching like, you know, your cape, your local news. Right. So, mm-hmm. And then through that, I remember in the Bush administration, man, it just felt like, I was like, don't get me wrong. I mean, I didn't really hate George Bush, but you felt like people mm-hmm. like hated the president. Yeah. And then it just got worse under Obama. Yep. In the 90s, I mean, you know, Clinton was, he was a Democrat, but he had a Republican Congress and he was kind of a moderate guy. Yeah. He passed actually a lot of pretty moderate, you know, middle of the road, kind of really right wing legislation. Well, something like Kasich prides himself on working right. with. Yeah, you know. we're from Ohio. Yeah, John Kasich. Yeah. You know, then we got Obama in there, and he had a supermajority, and we passed some pretty, you know, liberal stuff. And now we have Trump and the Republicans, and it feels like we've just gotten away from this idea 
that America should be about compromise and coming together. And now we're at this point where it's how can I get enough people on one side to tell the other side they're wrong? Right. And that's not how politics or political opinions should be. Right. You know, it's not about whether the right is, I mean, don't get me wrong. There are protesters on both sides that are wrong. Like what happened in Baltimore? Mm -hmm. I mean, that is the wrong way to protest. What happened in Charlottesville is the wrong way to protest. Right. So protest is fine. It's our first amendment, right? Right. This country was founded on protest. That's what the revolutionary war was. Right. So how do we find that middle ground, especially when we have situations where you have guys like Colin Kaepernick who peacefully protests and, well, that's still wrong. Mm-hmm. And, there are, and there are people on the right that do the same thing. And then there, you know, if you look at, like, say, Standing Rock, for example, yeah. part of the reason I personally believe that Trump won this election wasn't that – I think it was the left – and I mean, full disclosure, I am a Democrat, mm-hmm. but the left hit this point where it's like, if you're not with us, you're against us. And mm-hmm. the rest, you could say that for the right as well, but it's just like. Right. Yeah. Uh, full disclosure, I'm an independent. Just yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't. But the, the words that come to mind, something that you said that is that is key. Compromise. And I think of collaboration. Mm-hmm. OK. These words that are being forgotten, you yeah. know, and it's the just great like, compromise. It yeah, was a thing. It's it, it's exactly, and so I I don't know I don't know it, it it's it's kind of um, upsetting that in politics, especially in politics now, you can't even listen to like like people are closed minded, they're closed eyed. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about on one side or like I'm not yeah. talking about just on one side. I'm talking about on both sides. Right. Like you said, it's like line up on my side. Let's get enough of people like me who are independents. Let's get you on my side now to hate this other side and yeah. tell them that, that, that they're wrong. I, it's unbelievable. What When I go back, I'm going to say one, let me go just on a rant here for a second. Go right? ahead. Because when I think about, I thought about the last election, I was looking at, um, you know, like uh, J- uh, John McCain and Obama. Yeah. Both? So two elections ago. Was that two? Well, three, I guess. Yeah, really. That was the, yeah, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Okay. So, um, was that? Well, we had Trump, Hillary, McCain, uh, Romney, Obama. Romney. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, sorry. I was trying to figure out who's okay. Romney. Let me go to Romney. So a lot of people really didn't like him, right? Obama had already had his four years there, and it was sort of like people hated him, et cetera. But it's like I I just get blown away. Even when I think of Donald Trump, this is going to be a little crazy, right? Because I kind of lean – I don't know. I feel like I'm right in the middle. But um, they're Americans. We're Americans. They're American people running to be the American president. Mm -hmm. And it blows me away. People hate the other side. Yeah. There are people that literally just line up Republican and just line up Democrat, and they hate. And I mean the word yeah. hate and the real, other side. Let me, real, let me get one thing in real quick. It's not only that they hate the other side. It's that they're willing to look past the faults of their own side right. in order to promote their agenda. Like when Paul Ryan said, when Donald Trump came out, with, the video came out, and he said, while I disapprove of these things, I would still have him rather than Hillary Clinton. Yeah. When Donald Trump came out and said... The things, uh, you know, the racist things about, well, he's not a good judge because he's Mexican. Right. Well, while those are, Paul Ryan came out and said, while those are racist comments, I'm still going to vote for Donald Trump. And even now, the Republicans still back him. And don't get me wrong, I, even, even though I line to the left, I will 
bash them if it's worth it. And right. I try to have an objective opinion. Right. Um, you know, and it's happened, it's happened the other way too. And like, the left does it just as much. I mean, don't right. get me wrong. Like the left, you know, is trying to forget about, well, Hillary and the emails. Well, okay. Mm-hmm. Like when Bernie Sanders is like, I'm tired of hearing about your damn emails. Right. Yeah, we are, but it's still kind of a bad issue. It's a legit issue. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think the thing is, is that I, I go back to the Clintons serve this country, okay? Bernie Sanders serves this country. Mitt Romney served that state, and he has served this country. All these John McCain, all these different people, right? Barack Obama, I right. mean, whatever. It, it blows me away that they can't, that, that people, it, it's just like if we are, you, you and I are trying to collaborate on an idea, right? There is no more of that. There's no more like, I, what am I trying to say here? Like people just they, they get so polarized, right? That they're not able to see that these people have different ideas than they do. It's like, all right, we want to fix healthcare. There's a whole bunch of different ideas, but people are lining up on one side and saying we absolutely hate that idea. There are good ideas inside of that idea on the left. Good ideas inside the ideas. Uh, presented on the right. That's what compromise is. If you cannot look in there somewhere and find the good on that side, then it's we're never going to be able to come to the middle. Mm-hmm. That's what kind of blows me away is that like when I look at two people running for president and I've got a Democrat, a Republican, and what have you, it's like look for the good in those people. They're, and it, it, it's, politics is ugly, I get it, but it's just like, wow, those are Americans trying to, in their best way, we might not like the way that they're going to go about it, but they are trying to make America better, right? Right. I hope, you yeah. know, that's, that's, well, the, yeah. that's the thing. Well, the other thing, the other thing you got to think about is, so when we watch, so when we watch guys like, okay, well, Mitch McConnell, for example, and they like, you know, went on a witch hunt after Elizabeth Warren to silence her, you mm-hmm. know, and that whole thing. That should never happen on either side because what you're doing is... Silencing the people. You're silencing the people. That's, that's the thing is people kind of, free, it's like... They represent us. Right. So it's not that you're saying, oh, that senator, the people, like even like, you know, like don't get me wrong, like there's Republicans I don't like, and there's Democrats I don't like. I can't stand Nancy Pelosi. Right. As a Democrat, I think she's terrible. Yeah. But, and then there's Republicans I don't like. But like for me to say, like, like I just use Ted Cruz, like, mm-hmm. well, the people in Texas who are American citizens, yeah. and there's a lot of veterans, right. there, there's, you know, every state. Right. Is represented. Yep. So from so, the people of Texas they said we want Ted Cruz. Okay. Yeah. So you should be willing to respect, right? These people's decisions. Yeah. That that's the thing is that there is no mutual respect for that, and it's like because you're right. It's like I don't really like Ted Cruz, but right. a lot of people did. So what is it that they liked about him? Yeah. And, and what I want to get people away from, and I wish people would get away from it, is I'm trying to. Come be an independent like myself. <laughs> but, but like, it's like, I just get just, blown away. Or when, just like, look at, look at who they are, what they stand for. And then remember that there's so much money in politics. It's all, it all goes back to money and it's yeah. all, that's, that's, that's where it's at. It's, yeah. it's, well, and you, you have, you have to look at it objectively because here's the thing is people tend to forget that these are political parties. The political parties have shifted over time. Right. If, the African-American and minorities right now, today, all stood and said, we're voting Republican. Do you not think that the Republicans would change their political ideology? Mm-hmm. If all of the religious right today said, we're changing to Democrats, do you not think that the Democrats would change their political to get, ideology? To, to get those votes, yes. they would be like, we got to tone this down a little bit or something. <laughs> or change, yeah. you know, change it's our... all to vie and kind of stay in power and things like that. And that's the thing that, like... 
That's why the people rule this yeah. great nation. We the people. That's the thing, and that's what people forget is so when the majority kind of you know comes together, but we are so split that it's just it's unbelievable, right? And it and a lot of it goes back to what we started with was was the media and over time how social media has impacted things and it's just gotten out of control. But let's get back to Charlottesville. Charlottesville. What do you think? Initial thoughts on what you saw down there and everything. <sighs> Here's my because I mean the video just Here, real quick, the video that we saw the other day was it was unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Here's my thing, is that what I don't get, and as perhaps you can explain this to me, is the members of our military. <clears throat> I used I didn't I wasn't in the military, but I worked used to work for the military. Worked very close with them. Mm-hmm. They are sworn to protect the Constitution of the United States. Yep. Is that correct? Yep. That's what they, that's what they, that's what they, I swear to protect the Constitution. The Constitution entitles you to free speech. Yep. First Amendment. Mm -hmm. You have the right to protest. You do not have the right to be an angry mob. Mm -hmm. And there's a difference. Yeah. So when I see these neo Nazi groups, protesting with torches and walking down the street saying, we don't want the Jews. I mean, the funny thing is that those people, when you see them with like, I'm not criticizing everybody, but you know, they have the, they, they are, they're, they're arguing with the, the, the super right argues, well, we're like the real true patriots. And you're not a patriot. If you were a real patriot, you would only have one flag, the American flag. <laughs> Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm a student of history. And don't get me wrong. I uh-huh. get the heritage side. My ancestors fought for the South. I get the heritage side of the Confederate flag. I right. get it. Right. And actually, I do have some opinions we'll get to in a bit about actually the removal of the statues. Yeah. But I just don't see how you can... I mean, why do you need a swast? Why are they carrying around these Nazi flags? This isn't Germany. Yeah. If you right. don't like America, get out. Yeah, I'm gonna use a I'm gonna use a right wing <laughs> argument here from a left winger here. Yeah, I mean, I, I know I, it's it it kind of does blow me away. And like you said, I think the sheriff down there had said it turned into an unlawful oh, protest. They had to call in the military, and that's crazy. the thing is that like so it can start off peaceful, etc. And another side comes into protest as well, right? So and they're trying to keep those two sides away from each other, etc. But um, it, the all around. Terrible situation, and so you, yeah, you want you you were mentioned you, uh, before we started this. You were talking about the flag, right? Yeah, the Confederate, the flag. Confederate flag, and and how you know Colin Kaepernick. That whole point yeah. that you made, I know you made it in the in the beginning of this, but like make that point again because okay, so yeah, so my idea is that you know the people who are really who were complaining about the Confederate flag. I mean, it's a lot of people in the South, which right now is. Didn't used to be, but right now it's like, it, well, I guess it's a conservative base. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a conservative base. So I guess my question is, though you, it would, these right wing, these like ultra right wing, I'm not saying anybody that's on the right. I'm just saying the ultra right wing people that are saying, well, the Confederate flag means our heritage, means all these things. We're the patriots. You're not. If you're a true patriot, why do you need any other flag than the United States of America flag? Mm-hmm. Do we have, you know, we were just watching a video of Shannon Sharp and he yeah. said, he said something very, you know, do they have flags of 
uh, they have swastika flags in Germany. Do they have Do statues they of Hitler in right. Germany? No, they don't. No, they don't. No, I can't. I could make an argument. I'll, you go ahead before I talk about the, the statues. Well, I don't know. I just think, you know, it was kind of like people were, like you said, a lot of those people who maybe were at that protest or that rally or, or what have you, um, hop all over people like Colin Kaepernick for protesting the way that he protested. Right, right? not standing for the anthem. Yeah, and and I, I don't know. And then, then you see what happened down there, and it just, they're so different it's just such a different protest i get that he's a mega superstar and so he's in the media and that again goes back to the media and it's all blown up and everybody knows about it and things but it's it's just unbelievable it's it's, it's the, the type of protest because there are some things that happen with black lives matter that weren't absolutely that, that they were, killed they killed police officers police officers killed at some of the uh, yeah and no. i'm not saying the actual group i'm just saying like right. and, and again the, uh, again there are some people who pointed out that at this protest that perhaps, you know, there were some people, I don't know, but, but that maybe were there that started peacefully. I, I, right. You know, not from the videos that I saw. <laughs> right, but, yeah. Uh, but, like, that's been, I mean, that I argument's mean, been I mean, made. I mean, a, um, woman, a woman was killed yeah. by, a, by a car, which uh, today, so we record, just so you guys know, we record these kind of throughout the week right. and then post them. I mean, today in Barcelona, Spain, yeah, there was an attack with a car. Thing, that which right. seems to be the new thing right. is let's just drive, let's just run our car into people, into people, and use it as a weapon. Yeah. Which comes, to, which begs my question of: Aren't there guns? But aren't aren't people supposed to be carrying guns that are supposed wow. to be protecting us? Where are those at? Wow, good right, lord! Don't get mad. Started yeah, yeah. on my <laughs> gun right. Oh, gun ownership. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. I I like that flag stands for something. If they like, so some of these statues and some of these, and where the flag has been, they were at, they're at um, government grounds, right? And I think that's some of the mm-hmm. argument is that, like, when they're there, so you, you want to talk about statues? And, and yeah, see, I kind of have a different, I kind of have a different opinion on the statues as opposed to the flag. My issue with the Confederate flag, if you want to fly at your house, you go right ahead. It's your right. I have, if you want to fly a Nazi flag at your house, go right ahead. It's mm-hmm. your, it's your right to do so. I have no problem with Confederate flags being shown at people's houses. I do have a problem with them being flown at like state houses because it's the United States of America, not the right. Confederate States of America. Now, with the statues, that's kind of a different story because, yes, you can look at, say, this is actually one thing that Donald Trump said that actually I'll agree. And I will agree with him if he says something I agree with, mm-hmm. where he said, well, should we take down statues of Lincoln and Jefferson because they had slaves? See, that you can't look at history. We, it, you can't look at 1865 with 2017 eyes. Just like... 40 years from now, when they look at us and we all have, you know, probably like ovarian and testicular cancer from carrying around cell phones, they'll be like, wow, those guys were dumb. Just like we look at our parents and grandparents' generation and say, you guys built buildings out of asbestos. That was dumb. (laughs) So you can't look at 1865. Like Robert E. Lee, for example, that's who this this statue was that was being taken down. Mm. So Robert E. Lee, yes, owned slaves just as just about everybody in the South and most of the country did going into that time. But Robert E. Lee would have joined the North. He only joined the South because back then, when you didn't have transportation, and we said things like the, these United States are, as opposed to the United States is, mm-hmm. he, he viewed Virginia as his country, mm-hmm. as a lot of people did. They viewed their state with much mm-hmm. more high regard than we, than we do today. So right. 
Virginia left towards the South and he decided, he's like, I'll stand with my country. Jefferson Davis would, didn't like run to become the president of the Confederate States. Literally a mail courier came up and said, you're elected or like you're in charge. And he was described as being as pale as a ghost. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, like, yes, there's, don't get me wrong. There's definitely a lot of these civil war generals that were like hardcore, you know, racist, you know, um, but like some of them, no, like Robert E. Lee, I, you know, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. Like, it's I heard somebody mentioning today, like that when we tear those down, you know, we're destroying history, history, and things like that. I mean, the history itself doesn't change; it's going to be right. there. But it's the <clears throat> symbols and these things that, right. that 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 they stand for and stuff. But um, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm more focused. I could. I like hear the statues are a case, are kind of a case by case basis. Yeah, and I hear I hear issues on I hear people on both sides on on these statues, and I love Shannon's argument that they don't have Hitler's you know uh, hit, statues of Hitler, and they don't have uh, statues of his generals and and the different people right. there, right? So, um, and that wasn't even like a, a civil war situation where it was like one. It was like that was who they were. Yeah, and you know what I mean. And so, um, there's they've destroyed all. You know, yeah, of those reminders, right? Because that's what they are. They're, they're they're reminders of of what happened and who those people were, and things like that. And I thought Shannon Sharp actually brought up. We watch Undisputed, by the way. In case yeah, you haven't figured that out. Um, she, she, Shannon Sharp, you know, was talking about how freedom, July Fourth, we all celebrate freedom. Well, for the African American community, they got their freedom over these different symbols over that flag, yeah. what it represented, you know, also on July 4th. Yeah. <laughs> which, yeah. <laughs> which is, you know, and so that's what some of these protests and things are about. And I like how he said that, you know, until we recognize that these things happened and that they were wrong, and we can all say that they're wrong, you know, then we have to do that first before we can move forward. You know, yeah. it's, it's unbelievable. I can't believe the people that I've heard in the, in the media and some of the, some of the leaders for that white, um, for, for these, what do you call them? The white supremacists, right? right. I, I, I just, it's unbelievable that they're openly, blatantly just, they th- think any person of color should leave this country and they don't belong here. Yeah. And well, just, last time I checked, yeah. uh, we were persons of color yeah. when we came here. Bridget. Yep. So... <laughs> Yeah, it's just and you want to talk about a group that's re- that's really gotten oppressed you know, and still, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and still the the, the Native Americans, right? The yeah, reservations yeah. and things. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, that that's a whole another uh, topic. But I guess my first point that I made was just that it's sad. It's it's yeah. so unbelievably sad that like people are this, you know, polarized and in, in, in different things. I I don't know. I feel like if I say something that offends somebody, you know. I don't, I don't want to offend anybody. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I, I still want to... I, I have my own beliefs and my own opinions and things like that, but my intent is to not go out and offend someone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, see, and, that's the thing. Is The problem is that nobody... You have to be willing to accept that other people have different political views than you. Like, I don't get offended by somebody that has another a different a political view than me, no matter how drastic it is. It does not offend me. I may think it's wrong, but you are entitled to your opinion. And right now we just, we're at this point where on both, you can look at both sides, like I'll bring up guns, for example. Mm -hmm. As soon as you try to say, well, like, you know, 
like I, I'm somebody where like I believe like the second you are entitled you like you have the right to own a gun and the right to carry one. It's what the Second Amendment says. Right. You also have the right to a militia. But <laughs> that's right. You do. <laughs> but it says you have the right to carry and and own a gun. Yeah. But as soon as you try to talk about like, well, is there anything we can do in the law to stop these shootings? You know, what like maybe back expanding background checks. Right. People like people on like the, the super right like flip out. They're like, well, you're trying to oppress our rights. No, I'm trying to have a discourse with you, and you're not willing to do it because you don't you're not okay with my opinion. You're not yeah. even okay with listening to my opinion. And it works on the left too. As soon as you try to argue well, I'll use abortion as an example. Say, like, you know, I kind of have like a middle of the road kind of approach on that. It's well, it's our right. And mm-hmm. so you have to be willing to discuss these issues in order for change for the better to happen. When, uh, look, even when you talk about the Confederate flag and these statues, the same type of discourse should happen there. You know what I mean? And those protests are totally fine on either side if they're peaceful and people are trying to raise awareness for an issue and they want it resolved, they want to take it to the lawmakers, and they want it fixed, okay? That's what you do. That's how you go about it. But it's people – I just am amazed at how enraged they are over this issue. I don't know. And again, I'm I'm a – you know. Yeah. I'm privileged in a sense and I'm in a – I live in a suburb and – Right, yeah. Like you should – there should never – be a time in the United States of America where you should be fearful to go outside. Shouldn't happen. Yeah. It's not okay to discriminate against people because of their skin color or sexual orientation. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, like, I mean, any type of protest that is violent or, I mean, like, PETA. Like, PETA, you know, they throw, like, animal blood on people walking outside of... Mm-hmm. You know, like fur coat swords. Like, that's not okay. Mm-hmm. There's no, it's like, I mean, you look at these, you have to look at all these issues and all these different scenarios. And well, I, like, even that. So, you talk about Peter, like, I, I think it's about education too. And yeah. some of these issues, it's just like, that's why you have the discourse. It, it, things don't happen overnight. You know, Martin Luther King and these people, Gandhi, they knew these things, right? They, yeah. they, I mean, I love how Martin Luther King sort of modeled his protests off of what Gandhi had done. Yeah. And they did it in a peaceful way and they raised awareness and they went high, right? Yeah. And everyone else was down here low trying yeah. to, you know, just in the dirt, yeah. wallowing around. And it's just like show people that there's a better way and, and educate them. And, and that's just, yeah. I, you know, I don't know. I, I think we have the history books. We know what happened there. We know that. You know, a lot of what, and again, you look at a lot of people that, and I think they think that just because they were like, you know, like you said, you have relatives who were fighting in um, the ancestors, South. Ancestors, yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Ancestors. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Rel- <laughs> <Men have> relatives <laughs> fighting. <laughs> a real old. Um, but, you know, it's like a lot of those people just were called to battle. You know what I yeah. mean? Like soldiers who just had to get up and they, and they, they had to go fight for these you know, yeah. um, generals and, and, and the, the president and, and what, and what have you like, it's, it's just unbelievable how they got caught up in that. So, you know, it's, it's nothing against those States and, and, and what have right, you. There's yeah. a lot of people that, you know, innocents killed on both sides and all sorts of stuff. It was a terrible, bloody, horrible time. And there was more than just slavery dividing us. Uh, right. Oh, absolutely. You know? Yeah. I mean, there was all sorts of issues, uh, going on. They were talking about, um, I mean, we had, we had, we had a Senator beat another Senator with a cane. Leading into the Civil War. Yeah. I'm honestly surprised we haven't had senators and politicians fist fighting 
and like well, they recently had that in Texas, and the and they're yeah. they're how in the oh yeah that guy that guy right. who punched yeah who punched well he punched a reporter he punched uh and it was in Montana it was the a report. candidate punched a reporter but in Texas it was two congressmen yep. who fought each other and grabbed each other's throat and threatened to shoot and kill each other or yeah. something well in like other that. countries they'll just shoot each other so yeah I. I I don't know. I think you're in your. You're allowed to have an argument. You're allowed to have a yes. debate and go back and forth and things like that. But I should not feel threatened. I, I can be mad because you're making a good point, and I don't want to hear it right now, or I can't get my thoughts together, and so you know I don't have my argument ready to go or whatever. Yeah. But like, I just think people need to be a little more patient. They need to sit back. They need to listen. Yeah. And and we have we honestly my big thing. I'm an educator. I, I really about, do I was about think, to go. I was about to go there, but yeah. Yeah. No, and I I think it's just. We have too many people, and, and I'm actually a, a listener, even though we're on this podcast, but what I do is I like to sit and listen, and I think you have to listen to educate. I have to know where somebody is to know where I need to go, Right. and we just don't have enough people listening in this country at all, yeah. on, on See, either side, right. actually. See, I think, the, I think one of the, the big issues is that we love to say that, <clears throat> excuse me, we love to say that America is the melting pot that we're a diverse nation, but it feels more and more like people don't want to be diverse. They want to be isolated. Mm-hmm. So having, having more diversity in our classrooms, yeah. having more inclusion yeah. in our classrooms, when that's the only way we progress is through education is through, you know, raising our children to be better than we are. Well, yeah, was that, that's the big issue with segregation back in the day, yeah. right? Is that you did isolate them, and then those two different cultures didn't get to learn from one another. They didn't know, you know, that they were taught over here to hate one another and to not trust and all these different and things. And be subordinate to. Yeah, and so I, somebody was posting something the other day. It's just like if you were to, you know, you have a group of babies, right? Yeah. And, and, and you raise them, or, or as, the, as they grow, they don't know that they're supposed to hate one another, that they're supposed to not yeah. like somebody because of their, um, you know, their, their race or, or their beliefs or what have you. It, it, it's amazing. So you're not, you're not born into that hatred. You're taught it. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's, it's unbelievable. So that's why I think it goes back to education. It goes back to parents. It's a cultural thing and we need to raise awareness for it. That's why I do believe it's, some, it's okay to speak out against these things. And sometimes people like LeBron James and, and, and different people need to speak up and we yeah. need to have a discourse about it, really. Yeah. So, wow. We normally don't talk about this kind of stuff. Yeah, or this long. I was really kind of, yeah, no, I was going to talk about Colin Kaepernick, but we'll save that for a different, oh my. A different podcast. Yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, wow. All right. So um, stay tuned. Sorry about that. I mean, if you, I, we just, it just happened. And sometimes you guys like, get the stuff off our chest. Yeah, it was just it's it it goes back to it's sad. I know that there are people who are going to listen and say, you know, well, I'm done with these guys. I'm done with these guys. Good thing it's episode three. Good thing it's yeah. And and the thing is, like, I we we're we're trying to to show you that we I do want to think about both sides. And you know, Matt's got yeah. you know these these stances where like, hey, I kind of get some of this keeping the statues, and he's he's a history guy, and it's like, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, like, don't get me wrong, I lean to the left. But there are, I mean, I def, I try to look at things objectively. If there's a Republican that's better, I'll vote for the, I'll vote for him. I mean, there are things where it's like there are things that President Obama did that I don't agree with. I was big, and I voted for him. And Kasich, I, yeah, yeah, I like mean, I like John Kasich. And there are even things I'll say that Donald Trump has done that I don't think are half bad. Right. I mean, you know, it's like one or two things. Right. But like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. So yeah, man. Okay. 
All right, so all right, guys, stay tuned. We're gonna take a quick, uh, short quick break, and when we come back, what are we hitting up? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, something. Daniel Craig's 007. What's back. That? There we go. That's right. Back. Okay. Thanks. Hey there, listeners. This is Tiffany from Swish and Flick. If you're still not satisfied with your helping of Second Breakfast, you should head over and join Swish and Flick for some elevensies in the Great Hall at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. Swish and Flick is a new podcast, fresh out of the oven, doing a complete reread of the Harry Potter series. We're breaking down each chapter and diving into all the details, so be warned, there are spoilers. We're also covering things like Fantastic Beasts, Wand Lore, and the Universal Studios Wizarding World of Harry Potter. We know that the future of civilization rests with the one ring to rule them all, but sit back, relax, and have some butterbeer with us. You can find us at Swish and Flick Cast or Swish and Flick Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Tumblr, and Facebook. Podcasts are loaded every Sunday to major sites like iTunes, Podbean, and YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. Always remember to have some afternoon tea and don't let the muggles get you down. Mm. Welcome back to Second Breakfast. Ez? Yep. You know who else is back? Who's back? Daniel Craig as James Bond. Yep. That's pretty, that's pretty crazy. I'm excited. Yeah, uh, I'm ex- I like him as Bond. I do too. I think he's great. So this would be his... F- he's done four movies? Yep. So he's in... Casino, Casino Royale. Quantum. Quantum. Skyfall. Spectre. That's right. So him coming back for his fifth... Tie him with Sean Connery? Uh, I don't know. Um, Sean Connery was in... Yeah, I think Sean Connery was in five, if you don't count that weird one. Well, I count the weird one. Yeah. So. Um, here we go. So here's some news so for you. What do we know about so it? So here's some new news for you, Ez. Mm-hmm. This will be the 25th James Bond movie. It'll be Bond 25. Kind of a big deal. Wow. Uh, Daniel Craig has reportedly not spoken to MGM in over a year. He like really did not want to come back for this movie. Wow. Yeah. What the heck? How much well, did you say they're offering him? Uh, there was a rumor uh, like a year ago that they offered him. So Robert Downey Jr. makes like $50 million per Marvel movie, mm-hmm. which is like the highest paid like actor thing in Hollywood right now. Yeah. It was reported last year that Sony, who owns MGM now, Offered Daniel Craig $75 million two times to do two new... They want him to come back and do two James Bond movies. Holy cow, dude. $75 million for one movie. Why weren't they ready to move on? Like, It's hard yeah. to... I don't know, dude. It's James Bond, man. It's hard. Picking a new James Bond is a big deal. A big deal. It's a big, big deal. deal. And Daniel Craig's so good. Wasn't it uh, Tom Hardy or something in the running for... Yeah, there's a lot of people, yeah. People were saying uh, the guy who plays Thor, uh, Tom Hiddleston, was somebody who was potentially up for it. There's a rumor going around now that, you know, earlier this year we lost my favorite James Bond and who I argue is the best James Bond, Sir Roger Moore. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the rumor is that, like, uh, Daniel Craig wants to beat Roger Moore as James Bond. Roger Moore was in seven James Bond movies. Really? So, but I mean, the, he had such a long, you know, like, is that what he said? Like, I should be the longest running Bond or? I don't know. I think he, I think it's, I think maybe it's, it might be like a tribute to Roger okay. Moore. Like maybe he wants to be in seven just like him. Wow. Wow. I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. I mean, it, it, we had talked, I think before about how. It might not be, it might not be seven movies, but it might end up being the longest tenure in terms of time. Cause Roger Moore was James Bond for like 13 years. Mm-hmm. 
So we had talked about how this is left off in a weird place, right? Yeah. I mean, I thought he was done. I did too. Because of where, excuse me, while I eat this Reese's cup. That's okay. Um, yeah. We, by the way, we are, uh, we filmed this throughout the week. We uh, record it. We should say, and uh, we just had a king's. We just, just had, had a, we just king. had a king's feast. Uh, we're ha- yeah. we're having some second breakfast, some steak, wine, right. ice cream, chocolate milk. No big deal. <laughs> you know, wash it all down, a glass of milk, <laughs> yeah. Coca Cola. Mm. But yeah, it was left off in a weird place, right? Inspector, just kind of weird. Also, with um, well, Inspector, Inspector is like a, it's like a very fitting dying. farewell. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like spe- the way, just the way the way Spectre ends is it's a it's a pretty like definitive end. I feel like for for a James Bond. Yeah, they kind of took us back to <clears throat> you know his past. The last two, I mean, Skyfall, right. Inspector. It's just sort of like well, all of these all of these movies are, are kind of a a, a Bond prequel, I guess. Right. Yeah, and going back and exploring that, right? Right. But I just kind of felt like, yeah, I don't know what else they could if they're going to keep with that theme. I don't know. What else they can do? Yeah, I don't know. You know, who else is left in his past, or you know? Well, you can you just move forward. I don't. I, see, the thing is, I think there'll they'll be all new. The both the the two movies. If he, I think it, so it's only reported that he's doing one right now. But right. Um, how old is he? You said he's he's about fifty now. Is he okay? Yeah, but he's still like he's just so in shape. Oh, he's it's not stud. like when Roger. It's not like when Roger Moore was in like his fifties and yeah, and he was looking kind of, or even Sean Connery. You know. Right, okay. And Daniel Craig really isn't in a lot of movies. Yeah. He, like, produces and stuff, so. Dang. Okay. So what is this? Yeah, I'm just looking at something on Vanity Fair here. I love, I mean, I think Daniel Craig, I'm a huge James Bond fan. Actually, as and I both are pretty diehard James Bond fans. Mm-hmm. Seen them all. Yep. And uh, last summer, we, like, plowed through all of them. Oh, my gosh, <laughs> dude. That was crazy. It was crazy, but it was epic. It was fun. That was definitely fun. And, uh... Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm down. I'm excited. I'm ready for new James Bond. Bond 25, 25th movie. You know, I'm in. Let's do it. Wow. So he confirms he's in the fifth Bond movie. Um, he says, I think this is it. Yeah. This, is, this is in an interview that he did on the late night show with uh, Stephen Colbert. Um, and he also just says, I want to go out on a high note. So maybe I he can't didn't, wait. So maybe he didn't think Spectre was a good movie. Maybe he didn't think it was a lot of good. E- Spectre is kind of weird. I have Spectre as I think it's like I think Spectre is better than Skyfall, and mm. but I, I think a lot of people didn't like it as much as Skyfall. The problem mm. with all with the I mean, Daniel, Daniel Craig's four James Bond movies. You have Casino Royale, which some people argue is the best James Bond movie, or like it's a top five, and then people argue Skyfall is a top five. But I think most people think that Quantum of Solace is like absolute trash. Right, okay. So uh, this is kind of neat. I'm reading just a little bit about uh, an interview that he had did where he walks out and he says, you know, he told a reporter right after, a couple of days after filming, you know, finishing the last movie, that he would rather, you know, um, break his glass and slash his wrist. I mean, yeah. that's how much he well, I think it's want to... I think like, it's probably a pretty taxing kind of a thing. Right, and, and then he goes on to explain, or to, to explain that he... He said that right after shooting the last film, I mean, directly right. after. He's, he's exhausted, kind of wore out. You know, you need some time away from it. So, Well, I mean, um, there's a lot of, I mean, I know they have stuntmen and stuff, but it's, I mean, it's a pretty taxing role. It's not just like you're doing a drama where it's like, you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of action involved. There's a lot of stunts. There's a lot of, it's like, even like as an actor, it's probably, you know, it's a lot of, it's like an adrenaline-based role. You know what I mean? There's a lot of running around and stuff, mm-hmm. so. Oh, yeah. 
which probably requires tons of reshoots and long hour days. Oh yeah, I'm sure he has like a, a, a extremely, especially as, as he's getting older. It's harder to keep that rigid diet day in and day out, and just to I don't know. I'm sure they film all those scenes that they need to film. Yeah, well, and he's like shredded too, so you know he's got to be yeah. in like the pinnacle of his shape of shape that he can get into. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you're also flying all over the place to film these oh, movies. Sure. Yeah. Because, they, you know, I mean, some of them take place in, like, you know, Egypt. And, you know, I mean, like, they take place in, like, tons of well, different locations. I bet he, I mean, they were talking about how this is, like, a $5 billion franchise and how, like, the, the burden and the stress of that and having to put your entire self into your performance day in and day out is just. Well, and you're not just, it's not just, like, a role where it's, like, hey, you just do a movie and it's whatever. Like, you're competing against all the other actors that have ever played James Bond. Yeah, and you have to, you know, it's like day in, day out, have to bring your A game. It's yeah. Just, it's, it's intense. That's what this article in Vanity Fair is talking about. It's just how intense that Yeah, I mean, is. even more even more than others. Like, when we watch, like, <laughs> Spider-Man, we're like, okay, I mean, I personally, I like, I like Tobey Maguire better. I mean, this new guy's all right, but it's just like, I'm still never just like, okay, well, I think he's a better, I mean, I do, but it's never, I'm like, whereas James Bond, it's like, okay, no. Like, you really stack them up against yeah. each other. Yeah, you really do. Yeah, and it's and just, and you go into it's just like with with Harry or Henry Cavill as Superman. It's like people are like, well, he's never going to be Christopher Reeve, right? I well, mean, he's never going to be Sean Connery, right? They're just so there's such it's like James Bond is so iconic. It's just right. Everyone knows who that is, you know. So, um, and well, and Daniel have, Craig's not American either. So you know, what I mean, mm-hmm. it's way bigger. It's like in England, it's like as big as you. It's like it's like they're like Star Wars. Yeah, it's there. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, it's like yes, for sure. So. Yeah, I can see. I can see the pressure there for sure. I, I, I mean, I'm glad he's back, though, aren't you? I mean, are oh you? yeah, I love Daniel Craig. I think he's yeah. a great James Bond. Yeah, I think he is too. So I'm, if he's down to do it and he's willing to put that, I mean, I think you need to think about it. You yeah. need time to think about it and stuff. So, so. I guess, I guess he means that he's going to be James Bond for the longest, like 13 years. He's because he because right. Roger Moore was in a lot of movies like back to back. He was in seven James Bond movies. Yeah. They've just which had is a the couple most. years in between these and yeah. yeah and stuff. I just don't. 2006, I think was was that not Casino when, Royale? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Gosh. That's so cool. I know. Just don't, you know, die another day it. Where it gets a little long in the tooth. Uh, you know what I mean? Man, I don't know. I, he, yeah, he can't go out. He can't go out on a quantum of solace. You no. know, sort of. He's one, Although I wouldn't pin quantum of solace on him. I think quantum of solace was just terrible writing. Yeah. I think that was one of the, I think that was during the writer strike. Was it? Okay. Goodness. Should That's going to be something interesting real quick. Yeah. You know, uh, right now, Ez and I are kind of uh, watching 30 Rock, kind of plowing through it. Yeah. And, like, the second season, or it's, like, a shorter season because of the writer's block, but, you know, Tina Fey wrote it and stuff. So it is just going to be kind of interesting where, like, if you really go back and start studying, like, TV and film, it's, like, every show on television, like, suffered. Sure they did. Yeah. In, like, these, in, like, this, in, like, this, in, this, in like, the, like, 2007, 2008. Like, that, that was, like, late 2000s like going along with, like, the economic crisis. It's just like, man, like you really, as I watch more shows and like you hit that season where it was the writer strike, yeah. it's in like multiple shows. Right. I mean, Heroes, I think is probably like the yeah, most sure. significant yeah, one to look at because yeah. you had this like blockbuster, oh my God, huge, like biggest show on television. And then the writer strike ruined it. Yeah. Like gone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, someone who, this is a little more on a tangent here, but Carrie Fisher is someone who I learned a lot about. You know the importance of good writing and oh, things, yeah. and, and just you know, uh, telling George Lucas, you know, one of the, you know most famous directors and producers of all time, you can't say this, George. 
this is not a good line. You know what I mean? And she, right. You know, that was early on in her career. And then later on, it, just to watch her kind of evolve and talk about writing and how important it is, it's just like, yeah, no wonder those TV and films suffered, you know? Right, yeah. It's unbelievable. So, okay. So, okay. Uh, what do we have coming up after the break, Is Well, uh, you asked me too quicker. After the break, we got what? Game of Thrones? Game of Thrones, season, season seven, episode six. Yeah. Pretty epic, Pretty crazy episode that was mostly leaked, but we'll hit it back, hit it up when we come back. Dude, do you think they can tell we're drinking? Dude, they they have to. They have to be able to tell. We kind of slurred a little bit in that last. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Second Breakfast. As yep. Last week we did takeaways. We did from Game of Thrones. We sure did. This week's episode was uh, pretty amazing. Yeah, it was. But I have it listed this week as the good. Yep. The bad. Yep. And the ugly. Amen. Amen. And I kind of want to start with the ugly and the bad. <laughs> And we're going to kind of jump around here, but let's do a quick recap. Okay, quick Before recap. we hit spoilers. Okay, cool. So, quick recap. Yeah. The Avengers of Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. Sick team goes north to try and get a white, which is a terrible idea. Yeah. They go north, try to get a white, end up getting one. Daenerys has to come in and save them. Right. And Daenerys loses a dragon. Right. And Arya's uh Yeah, waste don't of space. worry, we're getting to Arya. Waste yeah. of space. We're getting recap. there. Okay, so there's there's a quick thing. Viserion dies, now he's a white. Now Night King might ride him. I don't know. We'll right. get to all that. There's okay. a quick there's the, if you want the basic summary of the episode. That's you what got. happened. So now we're gonna start with the ugly. Okay. Arya and Sansa. As last are you ready to admit that I was right? Last week I said on this show yep, yep. and this at this table, I you said, Arya is terrible. It's ironic because I think Arya is beautiful, but it was so ugly. The it's whole so bad. It was so bad. It was so ugly. I was just like, what the heck is going on? I mean, I actually, I think part of this is, is that you have chemistry that had built up between actor. I'm talking about just the acting part. Right. We, we're talking about both pieces. It's just that Arya, the character, is a waste of space right now. It's filler, right? Let's talk about that first. So, like, yeah, that's the just question kind of, is, I don't even know, is this even in the books? Probably not. I don't think Gurr would do something. I mean, if it is, it's like half a chapter. Be, yeah, it's like a lot a of, I've thing. seen a lot of arguments online that this is just HBO because they kind of have to fill time. Yeah. And that Gurr may have a version of this or it may be something different in the book. We'll right. find, we'll know when the book comes out. But it, to me, it's just like, I mean, unless Arya and Baelish have something happening, there's really no reason for this thing to go on. And it's honestly, it's kind of hurting Arya's character. Because Arya's character in the books, I think, is way better than her character in the show. Yes. And that's partly on Macy Williams, because one, I don't think, I think she's kind of an overrated actress. Yeah. Um, but another thing about the show right now is this is an odd season because we have all these actors coming together that have like never been together before. That was my point in the beginning. Yep, exactly. But the difference with Sophie Turner and Macy Williams is that they're like best friends and they hang out all the time. Yeah. So you'd think that they would have a slightly better 
chemistry together than say Jon Snow and Daenerys, yeah. Harrington and Amelia Clark, who like have never acted together. Right. You would think that, but here's something interesting: when they first started the, in season one, they were like kids. They were kids, you know. And so like they played this more, you know playful sort of like eh, i don't like my sister now they're trying to redo that and this is something that i wonder if if Gurr's doing this or if hbo is just going back to well what we know about sansa and Arya is that they didn't really get along and so now what's that look like after it. all of this time i i do think Gurr in the book is gonna have to you can't just go right back and like oh my god hey nice to see you let's right. take it out and we're good they had big disagreements when they were younger and that sort of now has grown but i think there needs to be an event that brings them together I think that's going to be done in the books. I don't think we're going to see it in the HBO, and it suffers. That whole right. plot and storyline is well, going to I suffer. Well, I guess and my thing is, okay, so we've spent almost seven seasons. Yep. Almost seven years of Arya training. You know, in season one, she's learning to dance yep. with the sword, right? And then she, you know, actually, I think Arya's best chapters are in the in the books and in the show was when she was pretending to be like the handmaiden to uh, Tywin Lannister. Tywin, yep, that was actually sweet. It was way better in the books. Yes, because like I, you could tell. I think that there's some people that thought maybe Tywin knew who she was. Yeah, there is a lot of uh, in the is. books. There's a lot more hintings at it than there is in the show. There's definitely hintings that she's of higher birth. Yeah, maybe not a Stark, but yeah, yeah. But um, anyway, so then you know, then we get to then we spend like. You know, her, she's traveling around with the Hound, and the Hound is kind of teaching her how to, like, be ruthless. Right. Um, and then, you know, we get to her, and she's training in the house of the end, or the... Yeah. The, the uh, Faceless, Faceless God. Yep. place. Yeah. Yep. And... House uh, of Black and White. House of Black and White. Yeah. Yep. And so now, we, she comes back, and she does all these, like, oh, hey, I can fight, and she fights with Bran. And it's like, okay, we're to believe that, okay, Arya's back, she's like... I know where you're going, this is great. A monster. She's, yeah. like, super awesome, and she's deceived by Peter Baelish... Yep. Who I'll let that slide because Baelish, for all we know, could be like the most powerful guy in Westeros. Yeah, well, we're going to talk about that. Still don't know what's going on with Baelish. But then her whole thing is like she's, well, I played this game of faces where I can tell if you're lying. And she can't tell that Sansa's telling the truth about the note. Right. Good call. And really what it is, the, the, the misconception about that game is that you have to tell a lie. And Sansa doesn't tell a lie. No. So... That's the thing is like she it's a misconception she doesn't even know how to tell the the truth. She is good at identifying a lie, but then so you you think right. she's able to tell the, the what the truth is, but like it just the game doesn't work because of who Sansa is in a sense. Right. Um what I want to talk about Bale, I think this whole setup for her being like this epic sick, you know, assassin like character, one of the faceless men is a setup. I think Gurk could set this up to, to the point where you're like, "Oh my gosh, you know, Arya's getting the upper hand on Baelish, and this is so cool. And then I could see Gurr going, no, Baelish has the upper hand. And we have no idea how. We yeah. have no idea why. Maybe and, Baelish and is Jack and Jahar. Exactly. Or, yeah, yeah, faceless man of some right. kind. And it's like, what? There is a big reveal. There is a big sort of like, oh, my God, I didn't see the coming moment. So it's, it's crazy to think that Arya would be a huge setup for Baelish like that, but she could be. Um, so... Um, one of the theories I read, so there's a big deal going around about the dagger. Sure, yeah. The dagger, so I read all these theories and all, I read all this stuff. So the dagger that she has that she now- Valyrian steel. Is Valyrian steel. It's what kind of sets off the whole show. Sure, yep. A lot of people are arguing that that dagger, um, so it has like dragon glass like wrapped around it. Yep. Some people are arguing that, oh, how could Joffrey have gotten that dagger? Mm-hmm. 
Um, cause Joffrey and then Baelish and everybody, it kind of passes around from like everybody. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so it was Tyrion's at one point. Right. It was Tyrion's. Yeah. And where would Tyrion have, have gotten it? Yeah. Well, it makes sense that it was probably a spoil of war. Uh-huh. So it was probably Robert Baratheon's dagger that he pulled off Rhaegar, Rhaegar Targaryen at the battle of the Trident. Yep. That, that would make sense. You know what I mean? Cause they talked right. about the. They even talk about some of Rhaegar's jewelry and his rubies being lost right. in the, you know, the, the, the river and things. So, yeah, I mean. Some people are arguing. Some people are saying that, like, I read theories, like, maybe Arya will use that dagger to kill the Night King. Really? Yeah, I don't know. You know, there's so many theories. There's, so, this, mu- there's yeah. so many theories at this point. But No, it's cool to hear that. I mean, like, yeah. but I just, I have a whole theory about the North not even partaking in the Great War. Yeah. We'll so get we'll, we'll get, get to, to all that. that. We'll get to that. Okay, so the bad. So we're gonna yep. kind of skip. Around. We're gonna kind of jump around here for a bit. Okay, and then we're gonna get to good, which is basically the rest of the episode, which will mostly be in chronological order, except for this one point. And I just want to get it out of the way. It's fine. So one of the best things I have about this episode is kind of the we we start getting this camaraderie right where we see like the hound and uh, oh god, what's his name, Redbeard guy. Sorry, we've been drinking. Uh, to- Tormund. Tormund, yeah. Yep. Where they're kind of talking, right? And everyone's kind of telling their story of how they got there and all this stuff. And then we have Gendry, who in the last episode, yeah. Gendry looks like a boss. He's wielding the Warhammer. He like yeah. kills, takes out those two dudes. He's like, he's, he can fight. And then Gendry gets sent to run back. Right. So it's like, okay, I, so was like a, was that filler? Like, or you, is Gendry going to do something later? Right. By the way, dude, hold on. This is kind of random. There's a spider. I won't be putting up with that crap in this house. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, no. It didn't get in the uh, wine, did it? No, it's not in the wine. Oh, Gosh. <laughs> um, Gendry, I actually think HBO has this wrong. Okay? So in the books, he... Well, we don't quite know in the books what happens to him yet. Right. With the, um, with the Brotherhood Without Banners. Okay? So... Like he, uh, this whole piece with him going to um, Stannis, I don't believe that doesn't actually happen in the book, does it? I don't think it does. No, I don't think it does. But I just think, I think they've incorporated him more than Gurr was going to, I think. I'm not sure, but I, I, I so I don't see him being very significant. So it did kind of make sense. It was almost like, the, it was almost like they needed more. So as part of the filler, it's like, oh, we're going to show going back and bringing back Gendry and this whole, you know, um, the onion knight going down to get him. I mean, it, it just felt like it was, that felt like a little bit of filler. I don't think that was a big thing right. for Gurr. That was just, that's just me and, and how he's written about Gendry in the book. I just don't know that it's a huge deal. Yeah, it's possible. So, but, so that would kind of make sense for him, you know, to be the guy that runs back, but they had other people with them. And I'm guessing in the books, if they go north, they're going to have other wildlings with them that can run back. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's I mean, like, for me, it was just like, why would you spend time unless you didn't have time? But with only so many episodes left, I feel like you could, there's so many other things you could hit. So why would you spend time bringing back Gendry? I know. It's kind to of To make us to believe that he's like, oh, he's going to be pretty sweet. And it's this idea of like Robert Baratheon. And, you know, last episode where it's right. like, he's t- they're talking about their fathers. And it's like, yep. you know, my, our dad's got along. Right. Not it, that. Ned Stark is Jon Snow's dad anymore, but right, right, but still, and so then just just to have him have to run back. It's one of those plot lines, though, that I've said 
that I am so mystified. I wonder how Gurr is going to write and tile this together. That's why we've had the epic debate about, right. is it one one book coming out or two or three or four? Right. I mean, for yeah. Christ's sakes, it's like he has so many characters spread so far. And if you actually go back and look in Dance of Dragons, Beasts of Crows, where they're at, it's surprising how far HBO has moved these characters. Yeah. I'm actually shocked. So I don't know that he was meant to... or it, Maybe we just haven't seen it yet. Maybe or maybe the, maybe there's another character that you know Gendry. To me, I'm kind of starting to think Gendry's kind of filling some of the roles that maybe this that Aegon, the like yes. false Aegon, right, could who, be with, exactly. So who they don't even mention, and then you have a character like you know that false Aegon, right, who shows up. He's the young young Griff, is who he is in the book, and he shows up. I forget what Who's probably is. a Blackfire? Yeah, like three or four books in. Which, or if something. you've only watched the show, the Blackfires are actually like this like offshoot. Right uh, line of the Targaryens. Targaryens. Yep. Yeah. So I, I don't know. You're right. That, that could, he could be filling some of that role since since they put him in in seasons right. one and two. You know, we got to see him. So um, it is it kind of a fan favorite. People really liked him. Yeah. You know. So I think that's another reason why I bring this guy back. And well, and it is still deal. the only last tie to the Baratheons. Yeah. Isn't that weird. Yeah. It's just, it is kind of crazy. Like the the whole. I always keep thinking about um, Storm's End and who is like. Who's running Storm's End? You know what I mean? Like, what's going on? So, doesn't seem to be yeah. a whole lot happening there. Yeah, yeah. we got. I have one more bad. So, sorry, we're kind of skipping around. We're assuming that you've watched the episode. Yeah. yeah. So, the, my other bad is Cold Hands. Okay. Okay. And it was awesome seeing him ride in. Right. And then it's like, okay, sweet. You know, he's, so ri- he's riding in. And, like, I, I was fine with all of it until he... Puts John on the thing, and John's just kind of like Uncle Benjamin. And I'm sure in the books that will be a much bigger moment, right? Yeah, which I was fine with. I was like, okay, whatever. Like, it's more of just about John seeing something, somebody else sacrifice themselves for him. But right. then Cold Hands in the show literally runs up, and he just wrecked like I don't know, like twenty dudes, right? Twenty dudes, and then he runs up and like hits two people, and then gets like suffocated by him. It's yeah. like. Hold on a second. They just ran out of time. I, I know. It was like a it's, time thing. They didn't have it was time like, to it was like you could like you could have even just shown it as like as John's riding away and he's just like up there fighting by himself and we get the idea that he's gonna go down. Right. But it's like, let's think about this for a yeah. second. You're talking about a guy who grew up as a Stark, grew up yep. as a lord. Right. So he was training with the best of the best. Right. Then he goes to the Night's Watch, where he's like their best ranger. So right. he's he's fought nothing but whites, his like, you know, and like stuff beyond the wall. Yep. For the the rest of his life, and then for the last like five or six years, he has like magical powers from yep. the Children of the Forest. So he should be a monster. Let, you, let, let me tell you the whole problem. Let, 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 let me tell. You, this is the whole problem with it. Okay, is that Cold Hands did not have the high ground. <laughs> okay, he did not have the high ground. There was no way he stood a chance. But no, I mean, yeah, I know it was a little bit. I just feel like they ran out of time with the episodes. What was it, an hour and eighteen minutes? Yeah, something like that. Um, so hour and twenty. So yeah, they just kind of ran out of time because I do feel like that should be a little bit more epic. But you know, he's a. I, I bet in the book, like it's some epic ending. Right. He sees him because you know, like you said, I mean, you have Jon Snow and these different guys who are. Literally, the whole army is there, and you've got like six to seven guys yeah. defending this rock, the high ground, by the way. Right. You know, and taking these guys out. So, um, for quite a while. But I don't know. Yeah. Okay. We now don't. to the good. Okay. So, first, I want to start off with like the camaraderie. Like, we kind of saw it last week where all these guys came together, and it is, it's really like the band of like 
pr- not really like the be- I'd say the best of the best, with the exception of Jon Snow. Like Jamie's not there, right. but it is all these guys that have been kind of like the second tier guys who yes. have, who are like you know are just beasts. Like really, the only person they're missing and who could still show up in the books, yeah, and I think would be epic is Barris and Selmy. Yeah, I know Barris and Selmy. I know he's one, uh, he's, he's top tier guy, but but you know what I mean. Barris and Selmy might be in that group in the books because he doesn't die in the show. They crazy. kill Barris and Selmy. Yeah, they, in the show they kill him, but in the books it's they're still he's a still champ, alive. I think yeah, yeah, pretty sure. And um, anyway, so anyway, so it's like Jorah, Jon Snow, all these guys, and it's just like when like there are conversations where they're coming together, like when uh, God, what's his name again? Tormund is talking yeah. to the Hound. And yeah. He's, and he's yeah. like, we're both kissed by fire. Yeah. <laughs> and he's oh, talking God. about how he loves Brienne, which yeah. is just... That's so awesome. So hilarious. Yeah, Thoris of... Uh, of, of uh, Thoris of Mir. Yeah, I mean, that's... That's sad. Yeah. Because, I mean, the Hound, that's going to... That's really... The Hound's going to remember that. As much as he tries to be this, you know, this um, hard, hardened, you know, warrior yeah. or whatever... That meant a lot to him that that he sacrificed himself essentially, you know, to save them. Yeah, and so. then you've got Jorah Mormont tr- and Jon Snow, and when Jorah and they're talking, yeah, and when Jon Snow tries to give him Longclaw, I know, so great, <laughs> and, and it's it just you know Jorah, it just shows that like he made a mistake. He's a guy that you know fell in, yeah, pour you a little bit more of that wine. Come on, come on, and um, I'm draining the bottle. There you go. And I'm gonna blunt. Like, I'm gonna uh, blunt the forks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but Jorah has made a comeback, right? And it's just like yeah. you want and you long for his family to see the, the man that he has turned into. Right. Because he got caught up in love. He got caught up with this, which is the wrong, a taker in a sense. Yep. He's a giver. He got caught in with a, caught up with a taker. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, so what else did you have? So the good. Oh, okay. okay yeah. Uh, let's see what else. Epically filmed. This was just yeah. a beaut- I mean, it's like this, the, really this season – I think just proves beyond a shadow of a doubt why Game of Thrones, and I'll go ahead and say it at this point, is the greatest show, the greatest television show ever. Yeah, it has it. It now has the most Emmys. It beat out Frasier, my yep. favorite show ever, uh, and now has the most Emmys. And I can tell you right now, it's going to clean house this season at the, oh, yeah. at the yeah. Academy yeah. Awards. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's going to be sick. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it, it's 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 beautiful. Like when they were going through like the the like, remember how they they had said they said they had to wait for winter. To film all this, right. you could see that. I mean, right. it was so cool to see them sort of like as they're marching north. That was just a, it was beautifully yeah. shot. The, yeah. cinemato- the cinematography was and really, great. When yeah. I was watching it, I was like, this is really why Gurr hasn't finished the book, is because you can, this, the production of this show, really, I don't know what it was, but this last episode, just watching it, I was like, you know, all the, just in the north again with all these actors and stuff like that, it's like that have literally never met each other because they've been filming all over the world. Right. And it's just like the production of this show is so massive, right? Yeah, it, it itself is so massive, and the books are so much more massive, right? And more characters and more backstory. He's created a world. Yeah. I mean, it's it's and that's his goal. Is he's like, I want to create the greatest fantasy novel, exactly. Ever. And, and, and he's, and he's <laughs> no, yeah, he's there. I mean, it's it's amazing. So there's just so much. I mean. Tolkien was close in the books that he had that he made and created. Well, at the time he wrote them, he, I mean, I mean, at, at, really, you know, I mean, if you go, I mean, at the time when you go back to like the '30s when the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings were written, I mean, right, I mean, it was you, the best. If you look at the Untold Tales and things that he has, you know, all his different notes and different well, and, things. and like Game of Thrones would not exist without Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah, absolutely, totally. Um, but it's just so cool to see another world like that, um, and that's why I keep telling folks: let Gur be Gur. Let him, you know, take his time, work through this. I hope. He stays healthy and gets this bad boy done, you know. But yeah. 
uh, and do and do it justice. And if he wants to go back and do the pre, you know, some some uh, I don't know some history on Westeros, I'm fine with that. I love yep. it. But just get this get the main story <laughs> first. Okay. Uh, another thing I got here. Um, first, I'm going to say fire swords. So there was a lot of conversation between. Uh, Beric Dondarrion and yep. Jon Snow about the Lord of Light and yes. his purpose. And then we finally got the epic where, you know, he's like, you know, makes a sword just catch on fire right. and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, and yeah, there was, he was saying, we have, the Lord has brought us back. We need to take on the Night King. Yeah. One of us yeah. has to take on. And that's where you kind of saw like there will be, uh, there's epic battle between. It's, I think Beric Dondarrion will go first. And he'll die. And he'll die. Especially now that Thoris is gone and can't bring him back. Right. And do you need a priest to bring you back? I mean, maybe, yeah. I mean, maybe, like, maybe we, not. That's all we've seen so far. But you've got Melisandre. You actually have this other priestess. You've got tons of right, priestesses and priests and priestesses. But it's like, are they in Westeros? Where are they at? Et cetera. Sort of thing. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see who takes him on. And also, I think John noticed, right? They, it's kind of like uh, like thrall, like they're attached to the whites. Mm-hmm. So the, the yeah, I have that, I have the, I have that. So let's just go ahead and get to that, Italian. which probably seems like the how the show is going to end. Kill the Night King to kill them all. Yep, yep. I think it's how I think that's how it has to go. And he's going to be riding an ice dragon. <laughs> so yeah. like, I mean, uh, that it's it's going to be it's going to be something. So maybe Jon Snow kills. The Night King, sacrificing himself to save in order the to realm. do it to, to save the realm. Yeah. What if like yeah, it's it, like a bittersweet thing would be like we finally see Danny and John get together. Maybe even the union marriage, perhaps. I think. And, then and an, another point we have here: there was there was two points, two times this episode where they referenced that Danny can't have kids. Yes. So what if John and Danny get together, like get married? John's whole thing is that he doesn't want to be king right danny wants to be queen right so what if they get together danny actually gets pregnant which is like a big surprise and right john dies yep bittersweet yep and so it then is. john doesn't want to do the thing but he wants the, you know to save the realm and everything so right and yeah. that's how it ends yeah I, I i could definitely see that i still think we're gonna have some glimpse of the wheel they keep talking about the wheel mm-hmm. is she gonna break the wheel or not and i think I think she's, and you know, it's funny now that they start referencing the wheel because the intro to the show has always been the wheel. Yeah, exactly. Spinning. Turning, exactly. Um, so the wheel of time. So I mean, different book series, but different, yeah, pretty but much the same thing. Same idea, you know. So it's it's uh, the cycle that's happening. Can she break it, or is she going to go fight this battle, lose Jon Snow, be pregnant, like you said, and then go back to the Game of Thrones? Yeah, and it's like I think that's kind of what's going to happen, and the story goes on, you know, which is great in my mind. You know what I mean? This is not a they lived happily ever after. It's 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 back to the game, and folks will forget. This will turn into legend and things like that, which is awesome. That's why we read these books, and it's it's great, you know. So, mm-hmm. yeah, cool. Was that your last good point? Or? Uh, pretty much for that episode. So we gonna speculate a little bit. Well, okay. There's one more thing. Let's talk about real quick. Okay. What about when the hound got scared when he saw like the fire bear? Yeah. Yeah, he's still afraid. He's still afraid of fire. He is. He's, and, it's a fear he's got to face. And remember, the whole reason they went north is because the hound saw the vision through the fire. Through, through the fire. So are we going to get... Uh, there's, I, there's people that still argue maybe the hound's the Lord of Light. Or maybe the or Lord the, of Light has some sort of... Azor Ahai, yeah. Because that would make a lot of sense. Because the, the, the hound prince. was really nothing to do with fire. Right. 
Yeah, that would be ironic. That would be something for sure. I, man, I don't know. Like you go back and look at all the different, you know, the signs of of the coming of the of the prince or princess right. that was promised. It's like, uh, I don't know. Um, it Gurk can do what he wants. And also, what's cool is the ambiguous nature of the prophecies, right? Because he he says it's almost like I almost quote like Yoda here. It's like a prophecy misread may have been. It's like right. this idea that things have been lost. Maybe you don't need all these different things. It could be the Hound. You know what I mean? Um, because over time, even the Maesters are kind of like, uh, it's not quite. We're not quite certain about you know. Like I was just listening to the history of, of Westeros, and when they talk about Aegon's conquering, they actually start it. Some people start that that date from when he landed in Westeros. Some people, it's like when he proclaimed himself the king and some, it's just like when he beat the last king of Westeros, you know? So it's just like, they talk about how things have been lost over time and stuff. So this prophecy could be, you know, there could be less to it. There could be more to it. It could be simpler than we think, you know, could just be the Lord of light decides you. Yep. Boom. There you go. Okay. As last game of Thrones topic here. Okay. Season seven finale predictions. We watched that. We watched the, the teaser. Yeah. It's Jeez. finally ha- it's at least finally happening. Yeah. Everyone's coming together, right? Yep, I mean, we saw them in what was that called? The Dragon Pit, you said. Yep, right. So, what you've got Tyrion there, you've got Cersei, Jamie, uh, Jon Snow is there. Um, looks like you've got well, and we saw we saw Theon Greyjoy riding in on the ship. Right, that's right. So, and I would imagine uh, is Daenerys there? I think they're kind of protecting her, but I maybe. don't know if she's going to be there now. But I would imagine that Euron has to be. There. I mean, he has to be. We haven't seen him. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, perhaps, yeah, for sure. And um, you know who's still alive that we haven't seen yet? Who's that? Is Ash or Yara? Right, exactly. They didn't show her being killed. I think in, she's in just the being... in the trailer. Remember, there's like one quick second where you see somebody like fall on the ground by like the by like the water. Yeah, a lot of people are saying that's probably Theon, and maybe he's like sick because Euron just krill- killed Yara, his sister. Yeah. yeah, that could be that. that yeah, I'm there's sure another. See, there's another character that's like Baelish and Euron are. Theon, I'm just like, I really have no idea where they're going to go. With yeah, I them. know. And this is probably something else that's going to be totally different in the book because Euron has like a horn that can supposedly control Oh, dragons. we're missing all sorts of horns There's and mystic beings. of stuff, yeah. So much stuff going on, yeah, that we're, that we're missing. But, I mean, they might bring in bits of that, like for the big, like if there's some... Will a fight break out? Yeah, there's going to be an argument for sure. No, I mean a... A fight. Fight, I don't think... I think maybe swords are drawn, but I don't think people are actually swinging at each other and things like that. I think yeah. it's... Uh, because because if that happens, I mean, all hell's breaking loose because they've got... All their solid, armies are there. They're all there. It's just... It's like, wait a second, guys. We haven't... You know, the undead approaching from the north. We're all going to die. So, yeah. What do you think... So, predictions. What do we think is going to happen? Here's my prediction. Okay. I've been saying it. I said that the wall will come down this season. Okay. At the, I said that's how, that's how the season's going to end. Wall's coming down. Yeah. Now he has a dragon. Maybe the wall doesn't come down and he just flies over it. But he's going to get his army through. He does have to get his army so, through. So, I mean, it gets on the other side. Maybe he controls the gates, opens and the maybe, gates. Yeah, something. Something like that. You know? Yeah, so something. So I think that, yeah. I will, yeah. We'll, that wall I'll, t- I'll talk about, we'll talk about that maybe next week or something. But I do want to talk about this whole idea of the Night King and, like, are we ever going to get any real backstory on him? To give us a reason to understand, oh, maybe, right? Because there's yeah. a lot of theories and stuff. Well, we'll get we'll get to that. Okay, but um, yeah, I think the wall is coming down. I think that they'll show the white. I think Cersei's going to kind of blow it off and say, I think there's going to be something big, and the tensions are going to be high with Cersei. And I think she's going to say, I just don't care, right? 
Because because so, she has the she has the mountain. She knows zombies exist. Like yeah. So here's a question for you. So do you think Cersei sends her Lannister forces north? No. Yeah. So that's what I'm th- yeah. So what do they do? Does Daenerys say, okay, we're going to turn our backs on King's Landing and march north? I don't know. You know what I mean? I I, ju- I think maybe perhaps to kind of keep face, she might send a portion of her forces or. She might send her forces and then do what she said she was going to do, which is hire the Golden Company to come in and secure King's Landing as this backup plan. And that takes us into season eight. You know what I mean? I but, mean, maybe I mean maybe Cersei has to because the, peop- the people demand it or something. Yeah. Because the last thing she has is the support of the people. Because, I mean, she blew up the Sept of Baylor. Right. Oh, she yeah. declared herself queen when she's, you know, a Lannister again. I mean, she was like Cersei Baratheon when right. she married. Like, so, you know, how's all that work? Like, remember, the people, like, wanted to stone her to death, like, you know, last season. Right. You know what I mean? So, like... So, here's another thing, and it's just jumping way ahead. I know we don't really want to talk about season eight, but it just as a thought here, as we get into the, to, to the finale, it, how many episodes do they have in season eight? Like, what, eight or nine, ten episodes? Eight, seven or eight, yeah. Something like Six that, Six to right? eight, yeah. So, in, is that... That can't be all the... All those episodes can't just be the war, right? Is what, the know, battle? Man. So you see what I'm saying? There's so, so much we have to get through. Exactly. So I'm but thinking, all of the episodes next next all of the episodes next season are supposed to be like really long. Okay, yeah. But still my, my thought process is that there's a lot there that they're gonna go over. And so is it they're prepping for the war? Is there still a struggle with the Lannisters? Are we gonna see plot plotting for post war scenarios? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like that's what they have to do. So it's mind boggling. Plus, does the rest of you know, does Essos and different places like uh, the are Iron they Bank, involved? Do they care? Do they are they more into the Maesters? I don't you know. know. It's <laughs> it's crazy. I think my prediction is, I actually I'm going to say, I think we'll see that. I think we could actually see uniting in the South. Jon Snow never went back north. Hasn't filled in people on what's going on, and I actually think the North could be slaughtered before they get there possible and i think sansa won't have lost control lost power i think the lords are going to slip out of her control and this whole aria thing uh this ba- what baelish wants is for them to be divided and i think she loses control of the north so john thinks the north is ready and we're just going to add to it and reinforce it but really they're not ready to go yeah and it's every man for himself up there i know it's crazy which There's, i think may may be what i, I don't want to make this thing run too long but there's just there's so much to talk about luckily we will be doing game of thrones predictions pretty much every week uh going up probably all the way till next season yeah, probably, next year yeah. probably for the next year we'll be doing game of thrones theories <laughs> predictions right. because there's just too much to cover and there's there's new there's new stuff coming out we'll probably never stop talking about game of thrones which is awesome yeah, that's awesome it's great yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, all right. Well, I guess we can just kind of yeah, we'll kind of we'll kind of leave we'll kind of leave it there this this week and season finale next week. So, tell us what you guys think. What do you what do you guys think? Yeah. Also, uh, shoot us an email at uh, secondbreakfastcast at gmail. Yeah. Hit us up on Facebook. Leave us a com- uh, hit us up. Yeah, leave us a comment on Facebook, our YouTube page. Anything you want, we'll respond. If you guys have questions, questions that we've when we've studied Game of Thrones, questions about any of this stuff, hit us up. Yeah. All right, Ez, we got a quick break, and then we'll, be, we'll come back with uh, Dragon Ball Super, right? Yep. You're going to lead us through it. Yep. It's going to be great. Stay tuned.
Welcome back to Second Breakfast. As yeah, so we kind of recorded this episode throughout the week. We did, and you had some stuff come up. Anyway, so what we're doing is we're kind of combining two weeks of Dragon Ball Super. So we're going to do episode Dragon Ball Super episode one of four. Yeah. And the Dragon Ball Super episode 105 review. Right. So let's go ahead and start with 104. So 104, we had Hit fighting Dispo. Yeah. Okay, that was the guy that was doing the... Uh, time skip. Time skip and, yeah. Got like the bunny it. guy from right. Universe 11 who's, like, really fast. Right, exactly. Yeah. The good guys from Universe 11. Yeah, they're kind right. of good guys. Yeah, they're, like, the Freedom Force. Could be good guys. Could be good guys. The... Um, Topo, who is you didn't really see him, um, but his he's this guy who's kind of arguing that Goku's actually like the villain because yeah, like, maybe he is could be yeah. So um, so I'll say it was a pretty fun fight to watch. It was kind of interesting getting uh, like a, a hit who is kind of he's kind of been a villain so far. Um, he's more of just like an assassin, and so he actually fights Goku, beats him. Um, wait. Wait, in that episode? No, no, that no, was no, before. No. That was before. The, yeah, that was one of the turn- yep, yeah. that was the yeah. Universe Six tournament, um, which is actually where we're at in the American version. The English dub is is a, is jumping into that arc right now. Mm-hmm. But the fight itself was kind of interesting. You know, first of you have Hit trying to use his time skip on Dispo, and Dispo is like even too fast for it. So we have Dispo kind of laying into him, right. and then pretty much where it really kind of picks up is in the second half of the episode. When Goku shows up to kind of help hit out, because um, I always forget the one guy's little name, the other guy's name, but he's kind of new. The guy who's using like the the string thing as like time oh, bombs. Yeah, yeah. And, and, well, his one buddy fell off, and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Out. And he's like, yeah, oh, I Dis- got you, yeah. Bro. Dispo fell off, and he used his I energy to pull fantastic. Him. Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always forget his name. He, I think he just showed up in that episode. Anyway, so he shows up. He's kind of helps fighting hit. So it's kind of two on one. So then Goku shows up. And Goku is using the Super Saiyan God form. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting. So in the manga, Goku is able to use that form just kind of whenever he wants. This is the first time we've seen it in the anime since it was the Battle of the Gods. Um, And in that, Goku had to have the ritual done. But we know that Vegeta has learned Super Saiyan Blue without essentially doing the form. So... Excuse me, you know, this is second breakfast. We just slammed some pancakes. Oh, yeah, we're slamming pancakes. Here. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> some pancakes here. Um, but so, it, you know, it's the first time we've seen him use it. So it was kind of interesting. I think it was cool, cool. A lot of the fans were kind of excited to see it come back. I will say there were some comments on the internet were kind of confused. So Beerus says, they're, they're talking about what, or Beerus and Weiss are talking about, well, he can use the speed. Mm-hmm. Of Super Saiyan Red, we'll just call it Super Saiyan Red, Super Saiyan God. Okay, um, which is and then he would switch to blue to time hit him. So yeah. this is how <laughs> it works. I watch a lot of videos break it down. And I think I think I understand how it works. Okay. So you have Super Saiyan, we'll just call it Yellow, which is like standard Super Saiyan One, Two, Three, okay, whatever. Sure. So then you have Super Saiyan God, which is like above all those. Right. Then you have Super Saiyan Blue, which is like the next level up from Red. So it's kind of like, think of the, all the Super Saiyan yellows as like level one. Okay. Then you go to Super Saiyan two, but in Super, the difference between red and blue is that in blue, he's a lot stronger, but it drains your stamina a lot more. Okay. So he's still just as fast in Super Saiyan red. Yeah. So there's no reason for him to go Super Saiyan, there's no reason for him to go Super Saiyan blue to try and fight with, to try and fight the guys who are crazy fast, like uh, Dispo. So- 
<clears throat> okay, so wait a second. So he would. So he's stronger in blue, but he's faster in red. No, he's just as fast. His speed doesn't okay. change between red and blue. Okay. So, but red is faster than yellow. Okay, so why switch to blue? Though is my question. Because he's stronger, so it's like the next level okay. up. Yeah. So they're still the same speed. He's still the same well, speed. Okay, but don't stay in blue because if he stays in blue, he's going to lose more of his stamina. He's right, and this is a big battle rod. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's okay. it. From what I can gather, what I've read on all the I like forums, that. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of makes makes a lot of sense. Now he could go super KO cannon. He probably would be faster, but then you're talking like crazy stamina draining. Yeah. So anyway, so episode one hundred four kind of ends with hit, then almost knocking Dispo out. Like he kind of figures out the times dispo or hit figures out how to tr- hit, hit, hit tricks him right with the time skip and he's oh, like yeah. oh i'll pretend to use it and then he doesn't right. and then goku essentially knocks out the other guy i always forget his name um because i think he just showed up in that lot episode mr fantastic episode. Yeah. yeah mr fantastic yeah mm-hmm. so that's kind of how episode 104 ends so now let's go to episode 105 yeah Did it's I just a mass it? it's a master roshi episode Yep, Master Roshi's fighting Universe Four. As what did you think, dude? Master Roshi, I'm not gonna say he reminds me of myself, but he kind of <laughs> does. All right, so like, I don't know. I've always liked that wise, wizened sage, right? You know, part. I mean, it's it's hilarious that he's you know, um, like kind of a pervert. You yeah, know, type of old, he old yeah guy, he's a dirty you know, old man. That's like his whole thing, which is great. Um, but dude, it was so heartfelt when he was like, t- you know, speaking out to his. Um, his students, yeah, yeah. and it's just so like, like at the end, yeah, yeah. So like, he, master, yeah. I'm like, so oh. yeah, starts out. It starts out, and it's hilarious because I, I remember seeing the previews, and I was like, okay, it's a filler episode. Right. And then I watched it, and I was like, oh man, it's actually pretty sweet. Like that's so, kind yeah. of that's kind of what's cool that's been going on with this tournament is we've been getting. I would say it's not really filler; it's backstory. Like everybody's kind of getting their own episode. Like Gohan had an episode. You know, it looks like Piccolo should have an episode coming up soon. Um. And it's just kind of nice that like Android 17 had an episode. So it's kind of nice that we're getting guys who just aren't Goku and Vegeta, like are getting their own episodes. Right. <clears throat> um, and so it's just kind of cool. So this was Master Roshi's episode. So it starts off and he's fighting. I don't know her name. but Some hottie. Yeah, he's fighting. He's fighting. Yeah, that one girl from Universe Four, and she tries to seduce him, and it's yeah. hilarious. Oh, because I mean, at first he says like he's prepared, he's restrained himself, right? <laughs> he's done all of this or whatever, and then she turns it on. It's so takes off like her cloak and stuff, and <laughs> it just and then oh, he like man. pumps himself up, and he's like, "There's no telling what I'll do." Yeah. Exactly. Like, like I've been holding this back for so long. Like, you have no clue what's coming. And it's so funny. You you could not get away with that in America. No, 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 no. no, no. It's only a, only in Japan would they do something like that. But right. so essentially, she just runs off the stage. Then he moves on to the other girl, who's kind of like the more like she's like a mermaid type thing. Yeah, um, and he does the the seal attack, the evil seal uh, wave. Yeah, that we see all the way back in like Dragon Ball when they're trying to fight Piccolo and stuff. So that's kind of cool that they're bringing that back, and they yeah. brought it back in this. In Dragon Ball Super. He uses an item. He does use an item, and Zeno seems to say it's okay, because he thinks it's cool. Yeah. Which is weird. At the <laughs> beginning, when Zeno like couldn't count, they're like, oh, <laughs> like no, like, Christmas. The Supreme. They're like wiping away universes, and they can't even count. Like, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> and so then we move on to, oh, I forget his name, um, but like the, the bird it? guy. Yeah, yeah. The bird guy. Yep. And so he and Roshi are going right. at it. Roshi has the upper hand, right. and then but his thing is he's getting stronger and stronger throughout the fight. So then it kind of starts to look grim for Master Roshi. Yeah, it looks real bad for a while. Yeah, I was worried. And so then Roshi, uh, he's he's he he gets hurt, and he said, "All right, I'm going for it." 
He's, yep. He does. A, the, the, he's like, this would be the most powerful Kamehameha wave I've ever done. Knocks him out. Yeah. But it almost kills Master Roshi. It almost kills him. Yeah. I yeah. mean, he was, I mean, he, apparently Master Roshi's going to a better place, though. Yeah. I mean, because when they, they brought him back, right? Yeah. So They brought him back, yeah. So Goku kind of sees it, freaks out, goes Super Saiyan Blue, comes over and revives Master Roshi. My question, though, is how much energy yeah. did that cost Goku? Yeah. Will that come back to play later? It might. Because this is a tournament of stamina and power. Right, right. And, and it's, it, there's a lot of strategy in when and where to, to you know, use yeah. the different levels, right? I mean, I'm yep. guessing. And yep. So. But Master Roshi took out three opponents. He's still in. And He's pulling his weight. He is pulling his weight. It's what he said. He said, it's time for me to pull my weight. Yeah. And then even Beerus is like, hey, what was that old man's name again? Right. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, yeah. so Beerus kind of showing us. Showing some sign of respect, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, uh, preview for next week is, looks like, actually, what's going to be a kind of interesting episode is Tien and Vegeta teaming up, which is just kind of interesting. So, uh, yeah, um, that's kind of it for Dragon Ball Super for this week. We will uh, take another quick little break, and we'll be right back. Let's just go there. Let's just go there. Let's just talk about it. We're back. What are we, t- what are we talking about, Is We're talking about Floyd Mayweather. May or may not weather. Right. And Connor McGregory. Connor McGregory. All right. Well, okay. Here's, here's, what, here's what I'll say. We're going to keep this short. We're going we're gonna to keep this short. So we were going to do predictions, but again, we already said we kind of ended up. I blame having, Swish and Flick. Yeah, it's their fault. They yeah, it's their fault. Us. So anyway, we watched the fight last night. Uh, I will say, you know, it was a good fight. It was a really good fight. It was a, a lot better than In, I think people expected. Entertaining, yes. Yeah, because the Manny Pacquiao-Floyd Mayweather fight was terrible. Right. Um, you know... Mayweather even said that. <laughs> I think a lot of people... I mean, I think most people were just kind of like, okay. Don't you think people were satisfied on both sides, I think though? people were satisfied. This is kind of weird because it's... The thing, it was an exhibition. It wasn't like, uh, hey, we're fighting for a title. I mean, they had like a belt made for it. Right. But... It wasn't like they were fighting for a title or anything like that. And I mean, you just got to look at it is what it is. It's you've got a UFC guy trying to take on arguably the greatest boxer in his class ever. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And, and it was, for me anyways, it was more than what I thought I was going to get it. Because we were talking beforehand. You're like, all right, Ez, realistically, what do you think is going to happen? And I said, it's probably going to go to 12. And I said, it's probably going to be a draw. And Mayweather's going to win. And yeah. I'm not going to be too happy with that. Yeah. And I'm so glad that it didn't. You know, And I think yeah. that's why people were happy on both sides. Right. You know what I mean? I'll say this. I think most, most of the analysts and said, like, actually gave Conor McGregor the first, like, three, three to four. four rounds. Yeah. He came which out. Which is crazy. When he came out with that, like, high stance, I was like, oh, this is going to be sick. sick. Yeah. <laughs> he had me. I mean, I was just like, oh, man. I've, I mean, I was like, Mayweather's done. You know, yeah, like, like when I saw him in the in the pre interview, remember that I was like, he was cool, calm, collected, and he was like, he's like, I went 170 pounds. Like, oh yeah, I was God, like, oh like, no, <laughs> he's a 170 pound monster. Yeah, because um, Mayweather was what like 145, 149, yeah. something like, somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I thought they did well. I mean, like we had said for for McGregor, I think there was phone calls before this. I think they set this yeah, thing. Yeah, it was probably it was the whole thing's probably staged. You know, but. Uh, 
and I, and I honestly think they might have talked like with uh, with McGregor because McGregor said that he thought it got called kind of early. I thought, yeah. See, and, and I, yeah. I actually kind of think maybe it I think did it too, did, but yeah. but I I also kind of think they might have talked beforehand and said, hey, if you're getting winded, if you're getting tired, and also I think they might have said to keep your hands down or just to show the wear more, and then yeah. they'll call it. But I also think maybe he didn't know to keep his hands up to be a yeah. You know, because he looked yeah. he looked like a defensive you know yeah. fighter. And yeah. See, I will say like, but he's he he said in his post interview things he's like, yeah, he's like he's like he's like I get, I go through spells like that. He's like, look at look at all my fights. He's like, it's just fatigue. It's just part of fighting. He's like he's like, but I always work through it. Mm-hmm. He's like, I, I I think I think the funny the thing that I watched a lot of analysts and Stephen A. Smith said he was like, if it were a boxer, I'd have a problem with him saying, oh, we should let it go until. I get knocked out, but he's like, because it's a UFC guy and in UFC, it's kind of a different ball game. Mm-hmm. He's like, I have no problem with him saying, why can't we go until I'm out? Right. Really? Right. I, the only, the only thing I, the only person I see who really lost out of this is boxing yeah. because now you've just lost Floyd Mayweather. And so you just lost your biggest star. UFC is on the rise and you just had a, you just had the UFC, you know, Biggest, the biggest guy in UFC come into your sport and go ten rounds against Floyd Mayweather. Mm-hmm. You know what I think? I might, you know what I think might happen. Boxes, boxing might have gained their next greatest <laughs> boxer. All right, <laughs> Conor McGregor. I don't know about that. I mean, what if he came? You know, I don't know. I will say though, now I, I think for people like me, anyways, you look and you see why has boxing been so great for years, and we've loved it is because it's a sport. It has rules. You know, in basketball, I'm not allowed to punch somebody when I'm rebounding them. Right. There are rules. In boxing, there are rules as well. And I think, you know, McGregor, you have to play inside of the game that's created. Right. And so with boxing, it's like, um, you know, you have to stand up. You have to stand up, okay? And you've got to throw punches. And you have to do that for 12 rounds. And that's something, that is a type of conditioning. Right. That that McGregor is not used to, and it's like most of us, you know, that's boxing is intense. So it just shows that's the sport. That's what you have to be able to do is to go twelve rounds, and and uh, you know, so it, it just shows that they're different. It's a sport, and here's how it's defined. Now, some people don't like the sport. That's right. the thing is that like I don't really like that. I, I like I like seeing guys tear each other up, and you know. Blood, every, I mean, that's, yeah, thirty minutes, and yeah, or yeah, I guess actually, really, the only minutes. the only thing I think I would. The only thing I think, like, okay, I can get that in boxing. Okay, you can't, uh, okay, you can't, like, elbow people. You can't kick people. And, like, you know, they stopped, they stopped the fight because that's kind of a boxing thing. But I don't know if I really would have a, have a problem with it. Like, well, you can't do the hammer punch. I'm yeah. kind of like, the only thing I, why can't you do the hammer punch? It's, I it's, think, it's punching. Yeah, but I think there was some confusion um, on where he was placing the, 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 that punch. It was yeah. just uh, was on the back of his head, but I also blame Floyd Mayweather for that, for ducking so low and spinning his back and turning yeah. back into him. You know, um, I think it was on the top of the head or it's on the forehead. I think it's completely, yeah, totally. Yeah. It's a punch. You know, well, the other thing you have to, but the, the other thing I don't think these that that ref kind of realized, and a lot of these boxing people realized is that in UFC the way you punch is is really different. So like Connor was hitting like a ton of punches. But that's because in UFC, they are these kind of like pity pat punches because it's like the whole point is you're wearing your opponent down. It's not in boxing, you're trying to knock the guy out. I mean, mm-hmm. or you're just trying to land power punches. In UFC, 
it is different. You're, you are going for these, like, I'm just trying to hit him whenever I can, where I can. And that's what yep. he was doing. And even his, like, hammer punches, like, they weren't, like, oh, they weren't going to, like, you know, break his neck hammer punches. They're like, boom, here's a shot. I got it. Right. You just right. take every shot you can get right? because it's, it's a different sport. Right. And so, yeah, I just, I don't know, man. I, to be honest, what, th- what this fight has really made me do is, like, I grew up kind of with boxing. Like, my brother would get, like, the Mike Tyson fights in the 90s, right. and I'd kind of watch them. And so I've always kind of, like, respected boxing. But what this fight has done is it's made me genuinely interested in UFC. Yeah. I'm like, I think I kind of go want to go watch Conor McGregor's mm. fight if he fights in December. Yeah. My thing is with – yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I don't think that it hurt boxing, but I don't think it helped boxing. I don't think it did anything to make people like you or anyone else more interested or maybe people younger than us more interested in boxing. Right. You know what I'm saying? They got to see their UFC fighter come face one of the best, and he did well, and he did really right. well. And they're kind of like, well, that's expected. You know, and it's just like Andy didn't get absolutely knocked out. I actually think that him not getting you know, completely KO'd, and it was, being a, it was a TKO, I, I kind of think that might have been something that was talked about. It's like, yeah. if we can go that route, that's what we're going to do. But yeah. I don't know. Well, I'll say this. I think the only reason I think, I, the only reason I, think I'm, I'm, I say it hurts boxing is all of the boxing insiders – like you listen to like uh, Matt. Oh God, I can't think of his last name right now. But uh, he's on. He basically was Skip Bayless's replacement on First Take. Max something. He was like he he was like he's a huge boxing insider, and, and all these boxing insiders are like arguing. I mean, they were arguing for weeks. Legitimately, they're like Conor McGregor probably won't land a single punch. Like it just won't happen. And they're just like, there's no way. Like, and they're like, if it goes beyond three rounds, and Conor and Conor McGregor isn't knocked out, like it's like. You know what I mean? So it's just all these boxing insiders that are trying to argue that boxing's like the greatest thing ever. That's for a job, yeah. Yeah, for them, I think it is kind of a loss because it's like this theoretically never should have happened. Like, it, I mean, like you never should have let that kind of, you know, that kind of a thing. Here's my argument happen. though: is that you know a lot of people were saying. First of all, they were saying McGregor was going to knock him out. Yeah, <laughs> you know, they were saying he was going to. It showed Floyd, May- Floyd Mayweather can take punches to the face and to the body. And he's cool. He was calm, collected, and he, he kept yeah. going. Now, this is an old Floyd Mayweather. He looked like he came out of his style a little bit, and he wasn't doing – he was a little unorthodox. He knew he had to come straight at him, and he wasn't doing what he did with uh, Pacquiao. A lot of people said, had that have been another 29-year-old yep. boxer, probably would have knocked him out in the fourth round. Yeah. McGregor. I mean, so like if – or maybe not the fourth round, maybe again 8, 9, or 10 – and instead of like, because Mayweather had that have gone a couple more rounds, I think we'd have knocked him out clean, actually. Yeah. But, you know, it was so, I don't know. So it's like you have an old veteran who's, you know, who you don't think he's not in his prime anymore. He's not in his yeah. prime at all. And he did that in 10 rounds. I think a boxer, a real boxer in his prime, could have did it in eight. You oh, know I was saying, so yeah. They could have did it in eight. They could have did it in seven. So to me, it's sort of like, okay. It makes sense. It's just a big money fight. Yeah. It's it's the hype. It's the yeah. name. And it's an exhibition. It. And it's a box. And the thing is that it's a boxing match. I, yeah. We all know that had this been a like fight, whether it's like on the street or in the octagon, yeah. Floyd Mayweather would have gotten like absolutely wrecked. He, like, he would have been done in less than uh, like a couple minutes. Yeah. I mean, well, because like he does, Floyd does not uh, like all he has to do is just I mean, he, he would stand stand with him for maybe thirty seconds and then. 
kick him in the head. Yeah, you know, I mean, you're, shoot yeah, for his legs, yeah. and then he's done. You know. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a so, boxing match. I think a lot of people. I think a lot of people, people that are disappointed that Conor McGregor lost. It's just like, well, you have to, like, you have to understand. I mean, like, I want a Conor McGregor to win. I was rooting for him, but it's just like it's a boxing match. It's not a fight. Right, and that's the thing is that it's a sport. That's why it's like right. it's boxing is this sport. They're both still fighters, but it's like. You have to play with inside of Floyd's rules, which he's been playing inside of for years. So, right. I mean, a lot of kudos to like McGregor for coming in and doing what he did. I mean, it was it was actually awesome. I actually at the beginning was sort of like, "Go McGregor, not yeah. out," like because yeah. I don't really like Floyd Mayweather. I don't I mean, either. Quite frankly, I don't really like him. Um, so I like Pacquiao, and I thought Pacquiao should have beat him. But I'm I'm also looking at like a Pacquiao in his prime, you know, versus someone like McGregor, and it's like they're two different things. It's like oh, Pacquiao in his prime would have probably in terms of boxing would have probably wrecked conor mcgregor yeah, just because uh, conor mcgregor who doesn't box you know what i'm saying yeah. like, uh, any ufc fighter who has to come in and do what those guys do it's just a different stamina yeah it's just different when well, everybody's fighting style is different like there are some boxers i would give a legitimate shot in ufc like just because it, and the, like they're still hard hitters like i'm telling you right now in the 90s if you had taken mike tyson and put him yeah. against whoever the heavyweight was i mean I can't even remember. Yeah. And UFC, I'm still putting my money on Mike Tyson because I've seen him with, you know, 12-ounce gloves, like the big gloves, yeah. one-punch dudes. Yeah. Like, so it just, it just depends on the boxer. Yeah, and it would depend. Like if, he, if, if Mike Tyson were in like a UFC match, it's like, okay, he has to – he knows he's got this window in the beginning, and he's got to land that Well, punch. Mike Tyson did hit that window. Exactly. So, and so that's the thing is that like he <laughs> right. would need to do yeah. it, you know, but – yeah, so I don't know. I was happy with it, and I think people it was were, good. People were, and it was cool. happy on both sides. And they, so I couldn't believe. Yeah, it they were happy on both way. sides, and both made literally over a hundred million dollars. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, it's fine. Yeah, and that doesn't even touch endorsements and anything. So right. it was good. Uh, it was much better than I expected. I was, I was, I was just glad it wasn't like a Floyd, another Floyd Mayweather. <clears throat> I'm going to run away for twelve rounds. Fight. Yeah, me too. And he said that I'm proud of him. I actually am glad that he like responded to critics who had said that that's what he did last time and so he came out and yeah got to go out with number you know five zero on it so yeah good fight so yeah i think that's it for that right yep i think that's it for the show okay that's it for the show that's it for episode uh what are we on episode three good grief episode three okay it's been a long episode it has been um, it has been a really long episode hit a lot of topics so let's give people an update of what this coming weekend what's yeah so going on? next weekend we're actually going to universal studios with swish and flick which is an all harry potter podcast yeah and we are we're going to this like private party at universal studios it's like a it's like 19 years it's like in the epilogue of deathly hollow right there's like 19 years in the future and it's like when Harry sends his kids to On the Hogwarts, Hogwarts. Express. Yep. and so like that so it's like that day in the book and so we're right. going and there's like a three hour panel which I don't really talent know. talent panels and stuff yeah, yeah I don't know about that but then we get to go to the park and it's like closed off just for us right and it's like we're in Diagon Alley and it's like a bunch of food and it's, it's kind of cool awesome. and yeah. yeah so we're going to Orlando we're going to do that um. What else do we have coming up? Oh, uh, we have more interpretive fan fiction coming up. We actually recorded a couple. Yeah, we did that with Swish and Flick. With with Swish and Flicks, we have some Harry Potter interpretive fan fictions coming up. Uh, Just a lot to keep looking out for. Game of Thrones season finale. Season finale is tonight. Right. Um, So we'll definitely be talking about that. We'll be, yeah. Yeah. We'll be, yeah. We'll be, we'll definitely keep talking about Game of Thrones even after it's done because there's rumors about the book. Um, and yep. yeah, more Dragon Ball Super for sure. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Stranger Things is coming up. So yeah, got a lot to talk about. Yep. All right, guys. Thanks. That's it for us. Um, as always, stay hungry.